Holy poopy pants. By the way, if you're listening to Mind Pump and you're hearing our language change, it's because we have a child in the room. That's right. So we are going to replace all of our bad words with uh, child-friendly words. Happy words. Happy yes. child-friendly yeah. Fluffy clouds. Gosh darn it. That's right. Golly gee willikers. Bummer. What are we doing, Douglas? We're going to give away some t-shirts. T-shirts. Give these uh, nice people t-shirts. Give them t-shirts in their faces. That's right. Yeah. No, I got good news this week. What is it? 28 reviews. I told you. I told you. You call for it. I told we you. get it. Actually, no. I didn't tell anybody, but I like to say that. <laughs> yeah, I was just wondering. Cool I was happens. like, wait a second. When did you say <laughs> so that? So we're here. No, first part of November, we have 850 reviews. My goal? 1,000 by the end of the year. Yes. I like that it. goal. You nailed 1, it. 1,000. 1,000. I'd right? rather have a million, but whatever. We'll yeah, take we'll take what we can get. So I'm going to give away eight shirts today. Whoa! Yeah, eight. But hey, you just know, like they there grow goes on, all our money. Like they grow on trees. Hey, come on! We want to reward these people. Okay. All right. Starting with Russ Man, Bob Man. Like that guy. And then we have JD, JG, JD, NC, and blah blah blah. You know who you are. Good dude. Good dude. <laughs> we also. got Sedona Zoe. Oh hey, excellent. Don't know who you are. Beautiful. Sand chums. Hmm. Not much of a fan. <laughs> Beckley PT. Kayla Cordio, 21. Pretty sure I dated her. <laughs> Eat oh, EdTech. And then Heart, Mind, and Soul. Oh. Pretty sure Sal dated him. Yep. <laughs> Did you say him? <laughs> it could, could be it. true. All right. So please send your name, the one I just read, to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com, your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. And uh, don't forget to leave us reviews. Oh, you know why we had so many reviews? Because I taught people how to leave reviews. Oh, yeah. It, I, it was because of that. All yeah. right. We'll do that again <laughs> yeah, Let's soon. do that. You, you like you, how you just Should we explain that, that real quick? How to leave a review? How do you leave? Tell us. Tell us. Go for it. Go for it. Tell us. Because it's very difficult to leave a review because iTunes makes it very, very tough. They don't like to make it easy. Let people know. Since we just gave out eight, I'm sure. You go on iTunes. This is what you do. Even if you already subscribed to us, you have to do this process. Click on the search function at the the bottom right. Type in mind pump, two words at the top. Hit search. We're going to pop up. Click on our icon. There we are. Click on reviews, which is up towards the top. Click on reviews. And now I can click on write a review. Beautiful. Let's do it. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. You're going to listen to uh, a Q&A episode. At the end of it, we answer a question and we go into the importance of of proper exercise programming. As you all know, MAPS is probably the most superior type of program when it comes to exercise programming. In fact, it is the best. Uh, this it's the month, best around. This month only. No going to take it down. Enroll in any MAPS bundle. Ooh, we have the Sexy yeah. Athlete Bundle, the Build Your Butt Bundle, or the RGB Bundle, which is nine months of exercise programming. Enroll in any of those, and you'll get a free MAPS t-shirt of your choice, and you'll get Ooh. to pick... Any of our guides for free. That's the Nutrition Survival Guide, the Fasting Guide, or the Occlusion Guide. Any of those for free. This is what you do. Go to mindpumpmedia.com, enroll in a bundle, then email admin at mindpumpmedia.com, send your name, your shirt size, which kind of shirt you want, and which guide you want, and you'll get those for free. And your address, right, Doug? Your address, oh, there you name, go. shirt size. Fuck, I thought I remembered all Almost. That. You mm, almost got it. it and the guy good. that you want. So don't forget, yeah. make sure you put all That's important. You Not the do guy that. that you want. Because we all know you want, Justin, the guide <laughs> hey. that you want. Yeah, make sure you do that. That's the most important part. We'll if you want to get your free shirt and your free guide, make sure that you send the email right afterwards. Guide your way to success. Ziggy piggy, ziggy piggy. What's that from? Uh, what is that from? I think it's Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted's. Because when they were they had Napoleon and they were trying to babysit him, right? And, and he was eating ice cream at that place, and then he ate the whole thing, and then they came by, and it was at Ziggy Piggy's, and they were like, Ziggy Piggy. Dude, that's a movie that's uh, nobody watched. I mean, I feel like it's a classic, right? Of course it's a classic. I hate people that don't know my Bill and Ted references. I love it. <laughs> you hate I hate you. you. I hate you if you don't yeah. know that. <laughs> You You're a dick, Bill. You know what's you know what's another know. movie that we forgot about, or people kind of forgot about, and I showed my kids the other day. Uh, Ace Ventura. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, great classic. That was a that was God, just say that's a lot a of one liners. Just to say it's a classic makes me feel world, like a f- bro. Old turd. But here's the thing, you guys. I don't know if you guys have experienced this yet. I put it on, had the kids watch it, and I'm like, I just I pumped it up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, this is the funniest movie yeah. you've ever seen in your entire life. And then I yeah. watched them. Like it's not that. But funny. anybody that impersonates him, yeah, they, you get it. Like, is like it because they got played the fuck out? No, it's because that we were. He's a, the only one that can pull it off. We were a part of that generation of. That type of humor that yeah. would, didn't exist before him. It kind of didn't. I know somebody yeah. that, that's old is listening. Oh no, that was like so and so. Like someone yeah. that's old. Yeah, <laughs> Ace Ventura. We don't have any old like slapsticks. Yeah. 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 Well, no, that 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 like uh, ironic type humor or stupid humor, like Dumb and Dumber, Dumb and Ace Dumber, Ventura, yeah. all those. That type of comedy, uh, I feel like, didn't really exist before those guys. Or and if it did, they really evolved it. Then the Chris Farleys came. All these guys. Oh, yeah. Started to do this like uh, self depreciating humor where you just it's like physical comedy too. Right? Well, I don't know. I don't like think that. I don't, stuff. I don't think that necessarily goes out of style. You know what I think? Happened? No, no, no. None of that goes out of style. It's just that it we wore the newness of it. It was brand new. All those guys were so fucking hilarious because it hadn't done. But name someone who did it before. Yeah, I know that. Well, I don't know because I was young. I don't. I can't think of movies. You weren't that, that young before Ace Ventura. You were probably. What, what year did Ace Ventura come out? Ninety, like mid nineties, right? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, it reminds me of, like the Three Stooges. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, see, Three Stooges is slapstick. There you go. There you go. Though that, I mean, and head. look how how classic they are and how long they carried for. But it. see, and here's the thing. I think many... Ace Ventura had such a huge impact on pop culture. Like how many catchphrases. Oh, caught on because Do of that. Do not go in there. Yeah. Woo! Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Alrighty so, then. Uh, it's it's all played out and it, but it's as an adult now watching it's not as funny. Yeah. No, I don't know I, why. Actually, it's different. It's a, it's a different time. I think it's you know, like maybe it's because we're not fully developed cognitively yet i don't know no i just feel like it's because it's been played out a little it's bit like childish kind of we it was so it was, probably played out, it was so new to us it was so hilarious but now so many comedians after those guys have tried to kind of do the same type of humor and some have excelled at it and done well and yeah you're right you can only watch that once i think that's it because remember they tried to like make a, a you know a follow-up to that and it was god awful it's uh, like you can't do that same joke again yeah. It was funny. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. It was right. like the follow up to Dumb and Dumber. Dumb yeah. and Dumber Two was nowhere near as good as Dude, the first. Dude, name one. name a, a, a comedy movie that had a movie right after that, a follow up that was any good. Yeah, it was good. you tell Friday, me. Friday. No, no. The Friday series good. was still no, hilarious. No. The, the first, first one was the it. first. Of one, course, yeah. the King. That's the King. Okay, ask. Actually, see so you now. You're you're trading on a topic that's. Uh, I mean, this is dispute. Not not disputed. Very rarely does any sequel do as well. As the original, I don't know. There's only that. one Empire Strikes Back, <laughs> Die Hard series. That's what this, thank you, Star Wars, Die is, Hard series, yeah. Star Wars, Die Hard. I kind of like Indiana Jones, uh, Temple of Doom, yeah, The Godfather. The Godfather Part Two was fucking yeah, money. That, that was a bad example. Was so. money, yeah. but mo- no, most sequels suck compared to the to the, well, the original. Most of the time, it's a coin. It's a coin flip with uh, action right. and adventure type movies. It all is the true. Lord, all the Lord of the Rings. All the, I mean, there, I could go on and on about all kinds of movies that I like sequels in. Yeah, but I don't know. comedy, though, you're but, right. Yeah, comedy, you can't. You can't replicate that. It's like lightning in a bottle. The fir- yeah, the first time. What did you guys think of the hangover? The first time somebody makes you laugh. I like the first one, but that was the whole joke. And then they repeated that whole joke. Yeah, uh, they the kept rest doing of it. It's like, dude, no, we it's, already did that. It's like this. If right now we're in the mid, mid show, never done this before. If I farted, cupped it, and threw it in Sal's face, yeah. we would all fucking laugh <laughs> I right would now. Die. If I did that every time, uh, Sal would be annoyed. You'd yeah. be like, okay, it's not so funny I'm like, anymore. Well, it smells in here, Adam. Come right, on, exactly. Man. So yeah. then you get annoyed by it because you've seen it already. It's not funny anymore. But. Right. There's something to be said about that. The very first time someone does something like that that you weren't ready for, it makes you laugh. I don't know. I After think if that, you cupped it's... your fart and threw it at me a whole bunch of, I think the repetitiveness <laughs> of it would make it funny. I'd be like, again? Again? Fuck! And I'd, I'd probably start laughing. And like, now, okay. so it'd be like a whole segment. I started something back in high school, and I still do this, and people fuck I love to do this to somebody for the first time. I have really bad allergies. So I, I sneeze all the time. Oh, no. So I love to like intentionally like sneeze, sneeze right on somebody. On somebody. <laughs> what the you're fuck? You're such a dick. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on a second. Because it's- That's the, not funny. It's it is. Gross. Oh, oh, when it, you're, okay. I've seen one of my friends used okay, to Okay, so do remember that this. Too. Remember yeah. this. I've told you this now. I won't do it to you guys. I'll do it to another one of our uh, friends yeah. when we're all together. And because yeah. I've told you guys, you guys are going to fucking die laughing. Because when it happens to the person, they don't know uh, whether to be mad or like laugh about it because like, they, don't, oh. they don't realize it was intentional because it seems, a sneeze seems accidental and it comes 
comes out of nowhere, right? Yeah. But you know when it's coming on. So I will do that and sneeze all over one of our friends, and then you watch the reaction. You get, I'll do it to like a Craig, somebody who like yeah, you gotta get, <laughs> that's gross. Okay, you get like a lot of mist to it. What about? <laughs> well, I mean, I, okay, I, I used to gleek on people. Do you know how to do that? Man, you got a gleek? gross man. Yeah, you had a friend that did that too. I told you about my one friend that he had this like real unique talent. He could like summon from the bottom of his stomach like this this burp that would like come all the way up from his gut it's just like and he would let it out really slow right Girl, behind right disgusting. behind somebody's head like they didn't even know he just be like, <laughs> and, then, and then all of a sudden the person would be like and he would like die. I was like that's so rude you know and it's just like <laughs> <laughs> And this is where and people creep in right and this is where people think we're bros. Oh my god! <laughs> this is I know, where people right? sort of think we're bros right here. And people, I was, I was just going to say, that was like in junior high. You know what I mean? I was just going to say, and then you get people who are like, "Oh, men and women are the same, dude." Yeah. I don't see chicks doing this. No, they don't do. That they stuff. don't do that shit. No, which is why they're not as funny as we are. That's it. <laughs> we're period. fucking hilarious. Period. Because we, we, we period. period. That's not funny. We don't yeah. have periods. Yeah, we don't do that either. Yeah. Because we burp on each other. Does anybody else want to scream at the top of their lungs inside of this new studio? I feel like because it's so... Can I do it? Can I, I do be the first? <laughs> Doug right away goes like... You see Doug... <laughs> Doug re- re- shit his con- pants. Oh, he reached for the controls right away. He's like, oh, shit, no. Don't do yeah, that right I now. I tried not, to give him warning. I'm not ready for this. I think because of the, the sound acoustics in here and the, per, the incredible engineering that we've done in here, uh, I think Adam's voice may actually sound okay... Mm. Singing. Uh, there's no. only one way to know. <laughs> no. What the no. hell's wrong with these sounds? There's only one way to know. Yeah. I'm going to change the subject. You're, who, you're who, pulling them in. Who, uh, who, who dressed my dick? Yeah, did oh, you put, who did dress who put the, the pirate dick? outfit yeah, who on? Put, yeah, yeah I, I did that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I like it, Doug. Yeah. Did I like him. Pirate dick. Came in here and put a bandana and an eye patch on him. He's got. He's only. Yeah, it's uh, my heart. Apparently, Dick, apparently, Dick's only got one eye. Yeah, it's my uh, one eye dick. One eye dick. <laughs> I like. It. See, it makes so much sense. We need to take a picture of this and post it on Instagram. Yeah. Oh yeah. So that you listeners, I'm gonna know, find a, a beard and glue it. On if them. you guys want to see Adam's dick dressed up, the one eye dick, uh, you go to <laughs> our Instagram. Go to our Instagram page he's at Mind Pump Radio. One horn bony. And I promise you, I, I promise you, the the dick will be up there. I it's promise you, Richard. The, please, only his the, friends call the him Dick. Dick yeah. is rigid. Richard. He's a champion. And he's yeah. one eyed. Let's do this, motherfucker. Whoa, what the fuck? Got me. Oh. Quiet on the set. Today's Quaw is being brought to you by Chimera Coffee. It's the only coffee that is infused with all natural nootropics for a cleaner, calmer, and more focused buzz without the crash. Click the Chimera link at mindpumpmedia.com and input the discount code MINDPUMP at checkout for 10% off. It's the motherfucking quad. The eagle has landed. Our first question is from Lexi RB. What if you want the health benefits of fasting but don't want to get leaner? Can you do that? Mm. Okay. Here's the thing. Fasting is so effective at getting leaner that if you're already shredded, you're afraid to do it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. No, the, the reality is- It's actually a really well, good- it's It a, is a good question. It's a good question we because- We talked about, especially with women too, we talked about that. If you're already lean and then going into uh, you know fast, like there, there might be some challenges there. Well, the, challenge, the challenges with, with fasting are the, the challenges you're going to encounter with any form of stress on the body. We, we need to hammer that home. We've said it many times, but fasting is a stress on the body, and that's why you get uh, adaptations. Uh, your body adapts to it or why your body improves. Just like with exercise or any other stress on the body, your body attempts to become stronger uh, as a result. Can you overdo stresses in the body? You absolutely can. And fasting... Is one of those things. So if you if you're shredded and you fast super long all the time and your calories are also low, mm-hmm. you're going to encounter some problems. Now that being said, let's say you're already at a healthy lean body fat percentage, but you want the health benefits of fasting because besides fat loss, here's the funny thing about fasting: fat loss is the side effect of fasting. That the, the the I think the prior the the primary benefits of fasting have nothing to do with the the fat loss. They have everything to do with the yeah. you know the the neuroprotective effects. The immuno, you know, the regeneration of the immune cells of the body, mm-hmm. uh, the anti-inflammatory effects 
uh, of fasting. All those things. The dying off of the unhealthy cells the or weaker cells, the growth hormone production that you get. Filters all that out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, well, insulin the, sensitivity. Yeah, all those things just helps everything can, operate better. Appetite let's be control. Honest. There's a ton yeah. of there's a ton of benefits from that. have that. nothing to do with weight loss. And I and I think we're this so someone who's like this, so if I have somebody who is uh I, I put them on the the smaller w- windows of fasting. So like, I'm going to push that person like the 15 mm-hmm. to 20 hour tops uh, that we're going to fast for. And then you, you now still have a window of, you know, anywhere between six to eight hours or so of eating that you still can. And so really the, the weight loss thing or getting leaner thing is going to come with the, your caloric intake. Mm-hmm. So if you are struggling with, with that, that are you are afraid that you're going to get leaner then you would just kick your cal- calories up and you know if i'm somebody who like this person lexi what i would do is i would do it after a a heavy day of calories so let's say you enjoyed yourself and you know you ate in a surplus i would turn around and run the fast after that so whatever you know weight loss or leaning out benefits you're going to get are, are pretty much canceled from the overconsumption that you just did the day before so that's a good point because i think uh, people need to realize like if like fasting doesn't need to be done every single day no it's intermittently i mean that's the whole point of like it's getting you outside of that daily scheduled fe- like feeding sequence you know like stepping outside of the sequence so that way your body responds uh you know better and louder sometimes and, and things operate better now adam way. didn't you even you even did like a fast every once a week when you were bulking. Exa- I do that. Yeah, I, I I fast always once a week. That's kind of that's how I intermittently do it, whether I'm bulking, leaning, or maintaining. And right now, I would consider myself a maintaining on a slash kind of lean right now. But even before that, uh, when I was going through gain gaining and and bulking, I would be still incorporating it once a week. And when I do it on a bulk. What I do is, I just, like I just said, is I would have a day. So like for me, and we'll just use hypothetical numbers because we're all different anyways, you know, uh, a high caloric day for me would be like 5,000 calories. So I'd have like a 5,000 calorie day on Friday and then Saturday I wouldn't eat till like two or three in the afternoon. So I would run my fasting and then I'd still end up having a 3,500 to 4,000 calorie day. But because I was in a surplus the day before, the average of the two still averages out to about 4,000 calories, which is about my maintenance Mm -hmm. to maintain. So I'm not going to lose any weight off of that, but I'm not going to gain either. And I'm going to get the extra benefits of fasting. Yeah. I mean, when you examine some of the research on fasting, there's so many different health benefits and there's so many different ways that you can do it. And some of the research researchers even say that you should fast uh, for a prolonged period of time, like a 24 or 48 hour fast, but do it very seldom. So like maybe once, you know, once every three months do a 48 hour fast and you'll get lots of benefit or once every six months do a 72 hour fast. You're still going to get lots of benefits from doing it like that versus the more frequent, shorter fast, but they all have, like I said, they all, like I'm saying, they all have their, their benefit Mm -hmm. and it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get leaner. And again, you can even do it when you're trying to gain by simply making up for those calories on the days before and after and all that stuff. Personally, for me, I don't fast to get leaner. I'm, I'm as lean as I want to be. I don't want to get any leaner. I don't want to lose any more weight. I don't think any of us do. I think the the majority of why we all use it is for the health benefits. It, I just, I'll tell you what, man. Uh, and it's it's a lesson that I learn every single da- time. I stop fasting for a while and then I reincorporate it. I feel fucking great yeah. every single time. It's almost like I, it's like a reminder every time. Like it's a battery recharge every single time. Like I'll go for and I'll do this for a week or two at a time where I'll eat you know, regularly or, you know, semi-regularly will I have breakfast, lunch, and dinner type of stuff. And then I'll notice my energy isn't as good or I'm not feeling as motivated or as sharp. And then I'll say, you know what, I need to, I'm going to do another 24-hour fast. And every time I'm like, God damn it, I forget how fucking awesome I feel. The energy I get from it is uh, incredible. It's almost like natural caffeine. It's hard, it's hard to explain mm-hmm. unless you've done it. Now, the thing with fasting, and it's funny because we always say, you know, do it properly, make sure you fast properly. There is a right and a wrong way to do it. And what I mean by that is, uh, of course, not eating is the main part of fasting, but how you treat yourself during that fast, what you eat after that fast. And there are different ways to fast and some may work better for you than others. Uh, you want to find the right one that works best for you. We have a fasting guide, a very inexpensive, it's 27 bucks fasting guide that highlights six different ways of fasting that we approve of for people to use for 
you know, fitness, uh, fitness and performance benefits and, and health benefits. We don't typically encourage longer than 24 hour fasts because those tend to be more advanced. And I wouldn't recommend anybody do that unless they yeah. have experience with fasting. But that's our fasting guy, which you can find at mindpumpmedia. Well, not only that, I'm, the reason why I was really glad that you picked this question was because it's important for us to talk about how we, we don't want it, we don't want people to connect the fasting to just a weight loss thing. In fact, that should be like yeah. the, the last thing that we're totally worried about when it comes to fasting. So, but I think a lot of people think this way. So I think it was yeah. important that we we discuss this. Well, because- dude, you list all the benefits, right? If I took a if I took a whiteboard and I listed all the benefits of fasting with fat loss being in there, right? And you show that to someone, which one do you think they're going to be know, gonna- most excited about? <laughs> Yeah, it it is, to that and it's sure. really it, it's the least important one at all of it. In fact, I, I, anybody, it's a side effect. Anybody who's in, incorporating fasting on a regular basis should not be doing it and watching their scale or how fast they're leaning or not leaning, because then I still think that creates another bad relationship with foods, where it's like I need to like starve myself or restrict for many Great hour, point. many hours, so I yeah. can look like this. Like no, 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 back up. That's not how we want you to incorporate fasting. I want you to incorporate fasting for the health benefits of it, not because it's going to speed up your weight loss. Now, can they do that? Absolutely. Are these other, yes, but your mentality going into it, I think is very important or else mm-hmm. you can also create a, a very poor relationship with fasting. Then, then you start, oh, then fasting yeah. becomes another drug. Well, then you're not, you're no better than the, the, the skinny model girl who that's the only way she knows how to get in shape is she eats carrots all day long. And that's like her, her diet to get in shape. You know, it's like, Oh, I'll just starve the body. You know, it's funny you know, too. And I've experienced this with so many clients Yeah, when they approach fasting, Fasting with a weight loss intention, it's it's much more difficult for them to fast. Yeah. Then when they approach it, it's mental from, warfare. Then yes. Then they're like, oh my god, I just think about food all day. And how do you? When they approach it with the health benefits in mind, it doesn't seem to be an issue. Right. People need to realize the psychological effect of your intention with your nutrition yeah. is huge. Simply intending to become healthier makes it easier because well, it, it it's like you're you feel that you're doing something good for your body. Right. I mean, you're not just trying to starve yourself, you know, to punish yourself or uh, to do something in order to, you know, struggle through the process of it to get to a point. It's you're benefiting your body by doing this right now. And, you know, you're going to be able to assimilate food better. You're going to be able to, you know, your inner workings are going to work better. You're going to, you know, filter through all these like potentially harmful cells in your body, you know? So it, these are good things to do and to practice. And so it's, it's, it's discipline. But then when you go into it, like you're benefiting uh, your body's health, you're optimizing your health, totally different story. When well, do you guys decide to fast? Like, is there anything that you notice in yourself? You're like, okay, I think I'm going to do a fast coming up. Do you have uh, there's a, that point? There's a, yeah, there's a couple yep. of things. I, I know if I did like a really high carb day where I'm going to be inflammation. So these are the markers. I, so I never, anytime I tell a client, we're going to go on a fast, um, we're not talking about weight. We're not talking about the scale. All, we're talking about water retention. We're talking about inflammation. We're talking about energy. We're talking about stamina. We're talking about sleep. We're talking about all those markers is what I want to hear back. I want to hear my client tell me, how do you feel? You know, how does, and then I also want them to tell, to associate with once they get beyond that mental, oh, I need to eat at this time. How do you actually feel? Mm-hmm. Do you feel all tired or actually do you feel, because what most people are surprised at is when they would normally eat, so let's say, you know, 10 in the morning or 9, whatever it is, and they're skipping that meal, that's what they've decided they're going to fast till 2 or 3 like most do on their intermittent days. They go, wow, you know, come once I broke past that half hour, hour where I would normally be consuming food, I actually wasn't that hungry anymore, and I felt great. I had great energy. I felt fine all day long. And then I noticed, too, my stomach's flat. I'm not holding a bunch of water. I don't have inflammation. These are all the things that I'm talking to a client. So for me... I know when I eat something that like I fasted right after the day that we had this, we just recently, my buddy came in town. It was his 36th birthday. We had a phenomenal cake and I had a little more than what I probably should. Uh, but I, you know that this is how I roll too. Like, I mean, that doesn't happen very often in my life. So when I do that, I'm going to enjoy myself, but then I'm also very aware of what all that sugar ends up doing. So, uh, after that I turn around the next day and I'll do an intermittent fasting day. So that's kind of how I, I, I dictate my days right now. It's a lot of times too. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll feel it out whether or not I feel like I'm oversaturated. You know, I feel like, you know, I've been consuming, 
you know, quite a bit. I've been trying to move more, but then I'm eating a lot and I just feel like, you know, I just feel weighed down, bloated, whatever it is, you know, just the feeling of, of being oversaturated. Then I'm like, I gotta, I gotta interrupt this. And so then I'll use it for that. Or like Adam said, I'll, I'll have a pre-planned kind of weekend where I know that like, you know, dinners are going to be uh, heavy calorie wise, or I'll be drinking or whatever it is. And I'm just, you know, I'm going to just be cool leading up to that and hydrate mm-hmm. and uh, plan accordingly. So it's just, it's just about kind of adapting uh, to this, this sort of flux of, of, of lifestyle things that come in and out. And so, you know, that's what I love about it is because it, it I'm able to mirror a lot of my lifestyle uh, around trying to keep healthy habits by incorporating it. See, I notice when uh, I have my energy starts to get low consistently. Like if I notice, God, I need more coffee throughout the day. Or um, when I have gut issues, when I start to feel gut issues and digestion issues, mm-hmm. that for me is a signal, do a fast. And every single time a fast resets me, gives me my energy, reduces the inflammation in my gut. Um, it's like That's like my biggest signal for me. So mm. these are things you might want to pay attention to um, yeah. with your body. And, and those are the reasons why you should utilize fasting, not necessarily for the weight loss. Aaron K. Edwards is asking, what are some of the negatives of cannabis on the body? Mm. Adam? The negatives? Huh? There really aren't any, to be honest with you. It pretty much makes uh, all Adam. of life better. <laughs> Uh, some of the negative effects Not I have, true. well, some of the negative effects I've found is, um, I tend to like to, uh, have it, um, uh, before I have sex. And so sex after that is, um, less exciting. So that could be a negative. Um, I also noticed that it, some different strains promotes hunger. So sometimes I have a hard time controlling, uh, the munchies as they call it. Um, I also noticed that the street. even though I, I use it to settle my brain down and this is a, a big, a big thing that I like is late at night, I come home, I relax. Um, I have a problem with shutting my brain down. It feels like it sounds like there's people, you know, hammering and sawing and making crazy noises in my brain all night. That's what happens. Then I smoke cannabis and it completely shuts that down. Now, the problem with that, it shuts that down. It also shuts this uh, ability to remember the conversation I'm, I'm having with Katrina. So sometimes <laughs> she'll be conversing with me. That's just that's just because you're a man. I don't that's know because you're a man. OK, so I'm not. That's why I want to be careful. Right. I don't want to completely. I don't want to totally uh, connect that to cannabis. This could be just being a man and what it's like to be in a relationship with a woman for a long time that you just start to. It starts to get all muddled after they talk for longer than thirty seconds. So, but I, 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 I right now attribute that to uh, the the heavy blah, dose. Blah, 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 the, blah. Yeah, the, and then the, I went to this place. What's, what's, I have these shoes on, and, blah, blah, blah. and I feel like this right now. And yeah. I always oh my god! Like and then Susie came over, and we lost all our listeners. Yeah, right, and then I just smile back and I go, "I love, yeah, love that, love yeah. that, absolutely, absolutely." Yeah. So these are some of the, the, best of the negative effects uh, that I have found from cannabis. So I tend to be a little bit dumber while I'm medicated. I tend to uh, overly enjoy sex. So uh, without it, it's... Oh, what a horrible what? side effect. Whoa. <laughs> said, what a yeah. shitty, like, you're just like, like making uh, a, You just made more people want to smoke uh, weed. I also... Yeah. This is another thing, too. I also... <laughs> you forget your stupid conversations and you want to fuck more. <laughs> Don't do it, guys. I also <laughs> notice when I watch uh, movies, summary. I can point out really bad acting. So if you're a bad actor... And and I'm watching you when I'm <laughs> high. Time moves slower. Yeah, it slows the movie down so I can see all the little mistakes that they make. So this can ruin a really good movie. So if you have a movie you like, mm. like maybe it's a You're Keanu like, Ooh, Reeves. There's a boomstick that went down right here. At, yeah, like know. don't watch a Keanu Reeves movie Minute when 20. you're medicated because some of those are some of my favorite point blank, excellent movie. But when medicated, you see how poor of an actor he is. So there's things like that that I have found uh, with cannabis. No. But for the most part, it pretty much enhances everything for me. What about you, Sal? Uh, So... (laughs) So here's the thing. Um, it sounded like a three-minute com- sounds, commercial. Sounds like a commercial for science camp. coming out. Of no, that. we need to we need to be honest with people. Um, I, I first off, I know. Um, sorry, somebody had to be positive about that. I knew yeah. you were going to go take no, 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 no. Take Can- a turn to negative Nancy Town here. Yeah, no, cannabis cannabis is definitely has um, some documented, scientifically proven negatives. One of them is memory impairment. Uh, this is a big one, and this is oh, good. So I was right there. This is the main. Mm. Yeah, you forgot that part. Yeah. Hey. This is uh, one of the main reasons why I don't use cannabis um, more regularly. I, I limit my use because of the 
memory impairment uh, side effects. And I can tell, I have a really good memory and I can tell if I use more cannabis than I normally do that I'll, that my memory would be affected where I'll have a poor ability to recall certain words or, you know, conversations and studies will confirm it. Studies confirm that cannabis causes uh, short term memory impairment. And believe it or not, there's actually some studies that suggest that can- cannabinoids can impair all stages of memory. This is especially true of uh, young people that use marijuana. Uh, when you're young and your brain, because your brain doesn't really stop growing and developing. And I hate to use that word because there's always some neuroplasticity going on until the day you die. But most of the growth of the brain stops right around your early to mid 20s. And they find when people use cannabis heavily, especially during adolescence, they have lot, they, they have some side effects, one of them being some long-term memory effects. Now, you have to understand this. This is what you have to understand whenever you use a substance that has an effect on the body. There's typically a counter effect. If it affects one system, it's going to affect other systems. And your body is this kind of homeostasis machine. It's always trying to balance itself out. Your body produces its own endocannabinoids. These are molecules and chemicals that are very similar to the phytocannabinoids found in cannabis. That's why you have receptors for them. What do you think is going to happen if I flood my body constantly mm-hmm. with cannabinoids from a plant? What do you think is going to happen? Well, the same, same thing that happens to your body if you take lots of testosterone from the outside. Mm-hmm. Your body stops producing or produces right. less of its own wow. cannabinoids, and it may downregulate yeah. receptors that those cannabinoids attach to. So you could notice some 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 detriments. Now that being said, well, it's also this is a to me it's an obvious sign when you're somebody who finds yourself having to smoke or eat more and more of it in order to get the same feeling or effect. Yeah. Definitely, and all cannabis use, the way you use it is not all the same. I mean, smoking it or vaporizing or eating it, uh, eating it's probably the best way to use it. Although the effects are so long, you can you probably don't want to be high that long every single day. Vaping is probably the best if you're trying to mitigate the effects on the brain because it's short, still short, shorter acting. Suppository. Yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely. I definitely don't agree with people that do dabs. Dabs are ridiculous. Like one hit off a dab is like mm. 10 hits off of a joint. Um, I think using cannabis is one thing. I think doing dabs is like like hardcore drugs. Well, almost. Of course, they're going to go to the extreme. I think, I think too, is it, the ritual of like... Uh, the association of of things like okay i do this i i'm awesome at this because i smoked i get sleep like this because i smoke good point so it's i think that there's like a fine line with that where yes you may get like benefits to it but if you're solely relying on that being something to get you to that place and you haven't figured out how to do that without any added substance I don't, that could be an issue i don't feel like it's much different than any fucking thing else that we talk about that's true yeah, it's a tool. exactly it's a tool like that's, anything else it's a tool the, the problem with this thing is that of course we had, we made it illegal like everything else that shouldn't be illegal that's it's, by the way weird. by the way that's the worst the worst thing about cannabis is its illegality yes. because the fact that it's illegal has caused more deaths the fact mm. that it's illegal has destroyed more lives than cannabis it's made ever cartels has. money right yeah, that's what's i mean done. look at all the people that have gone in jail i mean it's federally still a schedule one drug it's silly it's, i think we're treating it totally wrong i think we've overregulated the fuck out of it and turned it into something it's that prime it's for not. study to benefit us even further yeah. but hasn't been conducted because it's illegal yeah i mean there's definitely anti-cancer effects that need to be studied for fuck's sake there's some neuroprotective effects that need to be studied anti-seizure effects yeah. anti-nausea effects but like any tool that has an effect on the body it can be abused and it can have negative side effects. If you look, if you're a fucking stoner all day long, yeah. uh, I don't care how much you're protecting your neurons and fighting cancer, you're a fucking loser. You know what I'm, yeah. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. You're abusing a substance, but you can do that with food too. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, there's more people abusing food than there are. Well, it's like, too, you talk about testosterone and the roid rage. You know, it's like, it's the person that already is like, an asshole. an asshole and it just maybe that'll like you know enhance his assholeness a little bit true they were already an asshole true and now there is also evidence to show that cannabis can lead to lower levels of motivation this is probably due to the fact that using cannabis does stimulate dopamine release and over time your body may it probably does uh, adapt to that by redu- by reducing its normal production of dopamine and so you find yourself being lazier and less motivated to be pro, you know, proactive to do certain things. That may be why the 
the whole like you know lazy stoner uh you know meme, well and you know, i i from. find this to be very and speaking anecdotal right this is something that i it doesn't matter if i and i've experimented with every sativa strain out there so remember i had clubs so literally i've tried like every sativa strain that's out there uh and indica and hybrid and everything in between and it doesn't matter to me when i when i medicate with with cannabis I I lose my productivity, and I know there's somebody out there that's listening right now, and they're like, "Oh, not me! I I work all day and I'm high all the time." Well, that I also have something to say to that person. It's probably the same thing that the person who eats like shit every single day and thinks they feel really good. You probably don't know what it's like to feel really good if you're fucking medicated all day long, all the time. And so you've learned to function and be motivated and go to the gym and do all your things and be high all the time. Well, then I would challenge you to be sober and not smoke and not do all the time. See how productive you actually really are. Because once again, when you become so dependent on something like that, then you the real effects and benefits you're getting for it begin to diminish, just like anything else that we talk about. I mean, you could there's parallels we can draw to this to working out. And, and movements and exercise that you do over and over and over. You can overdo anything. You can over squat. You know, you can overdo shit like that. Your body, it's important. These are all different stresses that we're putting on it, which are going to stimulate or cause some sort of an adaptation, which there are lots of great health benefits to all the things we talk about. But overdone, any of them can be detrimental to the body. So and I think it's important to know if you are the kind of if you're a person that finds yourself needing to be in a an altered state of consciousness all the time mm. you are likely escaping something there's either you hate your life or you hate your job or you hate your wife or your husband or whatever things suck you may be depressed uh you know you got to examine why why is it that i can't go about my day and enjoy my normal day unless i'm you know in some form of an altered state of consciousness really look at that now that being said there are real conditions in which people will benefit from being medicated all day long. If you have fibromyalgia, if you have severe gut issues, if you have you know uh, epi- you know incurable types of epilepsy, your life is only going to be better from controlling those symptoms, uh, in some cases curing them with the use of cannabis. So again, it's a tool and it needs to be utilized like a tool. But in no way, shape, or form would I ever advocate. Being high all the time for the sh- for the sake of being high all the time, I think that's irresponsible. And I think you're just not, you know, you're you're kind of trying to be a loser, which is fine. That's your prerogative. Be a loser all you want, but don't pretend like you're not. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> our next question is from Five Hundred Days of Fuck You, one of our favorites. Yeah, yeah. We got Doug saying it again. <laughs> I just read what's there. Do you think going to college helped you learn anything that you wouldn't have learned if you didn't go? Well, this, there's only one person that yeah. can answer this question. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was actually directed to me, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, No, I, I, I definitely think that um, me going to college, this was all part of my particular pathway, and, and for me, like, I didn't really have any sort of super structured direction that I wanted to take um, coming out of high school. Like, I didn't know, like. Oh, I want to do this for a living. Oh, I want to get into a trade or, oh, I want to research this and get really um, knowledgeable and and have this hunger to go in that direction. I didn't really know what I was going to do. And so uh, having that structure that that college provided really did benefit me and um, me like creating new disciplines and, and working on projects and presenting and, uh, um, you know, sharpening my skills as far as research is concerned. Um, you know, that did benefit me a lot and it was hard. It was a very hard, you know, process for me because like, um, you know, academia for me, like I, I really had to work at it, you know, it didn't come really easily. And, and, um, just the way that it's structured is not, and I didn't know that I would benefit so much not being, uh, in that environment. Mm. And, and that's why the contrast of that going from college to then, um, sort of experimenting later, like I didn't really want to go into a nine to five job. I didn't want to go in that direction. And I had this period in my life where it was like, okay, let's really think about this. What are you going to do? What What are your plans? I don't know. But like experimenting and creating my own ideas, it, I, that really started to take off. And I enjoyed that much more. Now you went to school for kinesis, right? Yes. Okay. So I do think there's definitely some jobs and careers where you you have to go to college to learn. Like you can't, you're not going to do it on your own as a doctor 
uh, or a lawyer. You definitely well, have yeah, to go. Of course, specialties and, but like that. in fitness, it's, this is what I'm interpreting from what you're saying, Justin. It sounds to me like it wasn't necessarily the fitness knowledge that you took from college that you wouldn't have gotten outside of college. It sounds more like life lessons, like learning yes. how to study, learning how to work hard, learning how to... That's exactly what I took from it. And okay. it yeah, which, it, is kind of in, which is kind of interesting. Like You paid the money mm-hmm. to learn stuff about kinesiology, but what you really came out of it with positive wasn't really that because you learn more of that through experience right exactly exactly well i I remember so i went to uh i did two and a half years i was in jc and i remember i got a uh, they actually got a part-time job as a personal trainer and at that time i didn't know that you could be a personal trainer and not have a degree i actually had thought that uh, all personal trainers uh had to have some sort of a degree in the field so i was chipping away at my aa and was about to transfer over to san jose and finish up my kines. And at the same time, I was working a part-time job for 24 hour fitness. And my, my manager at the time says to me like, man, you should really do this full time. Like you're really good at it and you can work your way into management and you can make this kind of money and this and that. And I was like, well, you know, I really came over here to finish my degree and this and that. And he looked at me, he goes, well, you know, in our field that, you know, a national certification is just as weighted as a degree is, and you can take it at home and you could do this. And at that point I had realized, well, this is the career I want. Like I knew that at that, I finally had decided at that point that, you know, Kinesis was where I was going. I knew I wanted to be into fitness and in the, in this world, I was in love with the company that I had been working for. I knew I wanted to be a trainer. And at that point it was like, well, that's true. It does make logical sense for me to just start cracking away at this. And I was young enough at the time that I said, okay, well, this is how I'm going to treat this. I'm going to give this job one year and I'm going to go. That's exactly the same story as me. I literally said, I'm going to give it one year of my life. I'm going to give everything I got into it. And at that point, I'm still young. I've already got two years under my belt of of college anyway. So if I want to go back, I'm in my early 20s. I'm not like way behind Mm -hmm. and I can make that decision. And the rest is kind of history. I mean, I I fell in love with the job. I started making really good money. I started accumulating national certifications and I found that I had a lot of my peers that had degrees and masters in, in the field and they were less successful at what I was doing. And I was like, holy shit, like... I don't have to go do this. I can learn on my own. I can kind of find out. So for me, that's why otherwise I was heading down the exact same path as Justin was, was I was uncertain. I came out of high school. I almost did like this, um, uh, like I, it was in Arizona. It was like a tech, um, what a trade school type mm-hmm. deal, right? I was, mm-hmm. it was like a tech trade school that everybody was saying computers, go to computers. You know, that's where all the money was at. And so I was like, all right, well, maybe I'll learn some trade in, in computers and go that direction. I almost did that. Thank God you didn't. I almost did the. I almost signed up and went to the Air Force. I almost did a couple different things. And you would have been miserable doing all that. Oh, right, totally, right. Yeah, I almost so, went into the Marines. And so I kind of went, okay, what like I'm going to do is I'm going to go to junior college and I'm going to start to chip away. I need. I, I didn't have money. My family didn't have money, so I couldn't afford to go to a four year. I didn't have spectacular grade. I I finished with like a three point one GPA, so I didn't have the grades to get like a full ride somewhere or anything like that. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go through JC. I got to pay for my own schooling anyways. So I'll save money that way. During that time, I can kind of figure out what I want. Well, my first year in junior college, I was working out already. And I was, my buddy and I were like, i have never forget. He actually said at first to me, he's like, you know, it'd be a really cool job, dude. It would be, we should look into becoming personal trainers while we're going through school. And that was the moment that I really started to dive into it and find out um, what steps I needed to take in order to become a trainer and get in that. And then I found out, wow, there's actually, you can make some decent money and I like it and da and rest is history. See, I think, I think, honest to God, I think I would have really enjoyed college. Oh, yeah. However, I mean, my story is very similar to yours, Adam. First of all, I've always known I wanted to work in fitness. I fell in love with it at the age of 13, 14 years old. Always knew I loved it. Some I had to be in it somehow. So that wasn't the question. The problem with me was that uh, school was completely and utterly unmemorable. I was so unstimulated. It was the most boring, mm, like, yes. I don't really remember it because it was it's so, so... It's so unique and neat to hear you say that too because you're not the average person who would say that. That's not coming from somebody who like hates to read. You know no, what I'm no, no. Like, I love like to you, learn, man. Yeah, it was yeah. just so unfucking stimulating it was, it was guided by somebody It was else. totally why. unmemorable. If I, I, Honest to God, I have trouble remembering yeah. memories from high school because I just showed up 
and I'd get decent grades because I just didn't give it. It's like it was well, it's easy. All memorization and regurgitation. But that's I, what I hate. I do literally, literally. I would sit in class. I'm not exaggerating. I would sit in class, and if I had a textbook, if I was in history class or whatever, or government, and I was really into that particular subject, the teacher would be doing his typical, or she'd do her typical, you know, chapter three. These are blah 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 on the board talking and I'd be on chapter 15 I'd be reading the book myself in the back of the class mm. and then they would always think I wasn't paying attention Sal what's the answer to blah 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 and I'd be, you know, I'd be like I'd know the answer because I read that fucking two weeks ago it was so fucking boring mm-hmm. that the thought of going to college made me want to rip my eyes out like I have to sit in a classroom mm-hmm. and continue doing this 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 bullshit it was totally unmemorable I still signed up for junior college because I was like I got it I guess I have because everybody says you have to yeah. go to college Started as a personal trainer in day one of personal training. I was blowing the doors off everybody when it came to, you know, selling personal training, getting people excited, whatever. Within four months, I was managing the fitness department. Here I am, 18 years old, back in 1997. I'm projecting to make almost $80,000 that year, which is a shit ton of money back in 97, especially for an 18-year-old. Meanwhile, I'm going to taking these classes and I'm fucking bored out of my mind because, again, when you start in junior college, you got to do the whole general oh, yeah, education yeah. thing. It's a high school extended. Yeah. So, and it fucking sucks. I'm like, this is garbage. I'm going to just do this. At the time, I had worked with who became one of my first mentors, my, my very, very good friend, Don Cardona, who told me, look, you can move up in fitness. You're not, you got an entrepreneur's mind, you, you know, whatever. And so I, I went that route. Now, had I understood that once you get past that G, that general education kind of extension of high school aspect of college and you can kind of pick your classes and learn yeah, and grow. Specialize. I probably would have fucking loved it because I love learning. Yeah. And I would have been challenged, which would have stimulated me. Well, that's uh, the frustration is because I was in it and wasn't enjoying it because it was the same process for me. And really for me, it, it became, it became like this battle where, um, you know, my, I was already like sort of, brushed off. Like I was the kid that was, wasn't supposed to go to college. I was the kid, you know, that, and so my whole purpose was to prove the world wrong and get a degree. And literally that's all I thought about. I see. <laughs> so I, I just did it out of spite. Well, you see, know? you're, I mean, see for me, I was a kid. Um, it was a little different, you know, people were always like, you're, Oh, you're going to go to, you're going to get a master's degree. You're so smart, whatever. And for me, I was so bored and unstimulated that just didn't, it didn't resonate with me at all. And I want to say this, look, school, uh, especially public schools, uh, do a shitty job when it comes to kids that are on, you know, that are a little different. And I was definitely a little different. Um, You know, I wasn't, you know, I didn't need like special help, but I would be bored a lot in class. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one that slipped through the cracks like that who didn't go because they were just fucking unstimulated. I had a client who I trained for a long time. This is one of the most brilliant men ever I ever trained. He actually, uh, part, he was actually partners with some of the greatest minds of, uh, of the tech industry, including Steve jobs. He was directly worked under Steve jobs and, uh, you know, he currently works under, um, what's his name over at Tesla? Um, Elon 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 Musk. Musk. Very, very smart guy. He got bad grades throughout school and kind of went to college. He had no other choice and then realized he could pick what he wanted to learn. And then obviously, you know, he got to MIT after a couple years of junior college and became this like brainiac. But it makes me sad to know that that happens a lot. It happened to me. I guarantee I would have loved college. I think I'll go back at one point, although I don't know if it'll be the traditional form of college because education is changing so much and I have so much accessible well, you now think too like it's the teachers like the, it it all depends on what kind of teacher is influencing you there's some teachers out there that really stimulate their students that yeah. really put the extra work in to figure out uh who they're not reaching and and you know my brother actually he had a great experience with that and he actually became a teacher because of he can pinpoint it to one teacher that influenced him more than all mm-hmm. and, and it was just because you know it, he showed him a way to kind of go around that whole process the system is is designed to not do that, though. The system yeah. is designed, look, you go to a class, right? You're 11 years old. You sit in a classroom with a bunch of 11-year-olds. That's actually not good. Believe it or not, children learn better when they're in classes. If I'm 11 and I got 8-year-olds in there that I can help mentor, and I got 15-year-olds that I can learn from. For and sure. It's they, they, you got people to look up to. It's just like sp- this is, this everybody is, knows this from sports. Like when you were that's a kid, right. if you played with somebody – if you played with your group or younger kids, like mm-hmm. to elevate your versus if you were always, I was always a kid who played with kids five years older than me. That's why I was good at sports. And I never really had the genetics or the body to be good at any sports, but I was pretty damn good at everything I played. And a lot of that had to do with, I always hung out with older 
kids and play. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you look at education, it's designed to be this this homogenous fit in this box. Like, you have to learn this. Here's your standards. Memorize this bullshit. Pass the test. We're going to teach you how to pass the test. Then you're done and you fucking forget everything. Yeah. Um. It's it's not designed to stimulate that. And so you know that creativity, that passion. And so I think that's where you miss a lot of that. And I was man, I was one of them. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. I honest to God could can barely remember high school as a result. Well, I find the hard. I'm, I was really interested in the direction we go with this whole college question too, because it's it's a sensitive question to answer because the things that we're saying right now, we're all 35 to 38 years old right now. And, you know, my perspective on that is completely different. And my, my perspective on learning and wanting to learn is different. Like the age that you are when that when college normally arrives for most people, right? You're between that 17 to 20 years old. And man, that's a that's a tough age to really have uh, the self-awareness to know what type of person you are. And do you need the motivation externally to to grow and to uh you know get better at whatever your craft is if you even know where the direction you want to go like so this is I, no, I would never the, I would never want to detour a no. young mind right now from uh con- I I wish I had continuing their education I I think too like you're you're talking to three entrepreneurs we have to keep that in mind very important so you know it's a different thought process and I think that's why. You know, maybe for us, we had a different experience. For a lot of people, college gives them, provides a great experience, a great sort of, of proving ground for them to, uh, you know, work on their ideas and, and their processes and then apply them into a job that people like to work nine to five jobs. It, it you does, know, but, like, you, but so. you have to consider this. One of the most damaging things that we've done uh, in this country is we've hammered home that you have to go to college. You have to get a degree, a four-year degree. Right. And, and what's happened is you've gotten kids who would have done great in a vocational school. Mm-hmm. They would have done very, very good, but they're hammered in their mind that they have to go get this four-year degree. They end up getting a degree that they don't use. Yeah. Uh, it, bl- it blows up the cost of college because we're so indoctrinated with the fact that we think we have to go, right. that we have these programs that make money easy to go to college. So you get all this easy money. Now college, the cost of college is ballooned out of control, for surpassing inflation you know, 10 times because it's this, it's this thing that we constantly hammer home. You've got people getting degrees that are worthless, and I hate to say it, your fucking liberal arts degree, I know you want to learn that shit, and that's great, and you should be able to learn whatever you want, but it doesn't really equate to much in the real world, but you're, you're in your mind, you're thinking, I have a degree. I hate to tell you this, go out in the real world, get a job, you're competing with a lot of other degrees. It doesn't mean a whole lot. There's a lot of other things you can do, and if you're a hardworking kid with motivation and passion, you know what you want to do. There's lots of different avenues There's options go, and you, you can succeed yeah. in many different ways, and I think... Uh, it's important, like Adam said, to know uh, you know what you want, where you're going to go, and to know there's lots of different options. And college is one of those options, but right. there's many others. You know, yeah. pay attention to. I notice this is very common. I I find with a lot of like a lot of my friends. I was actually probably the only one. I, all the friends I could think of that didn't go on to get his degree, his master's, and even some of my buddies are PhDs. Like I, uh, what I found that was very common in almost all of them is because they 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 kind of fell into this like you have to go to their parents or you have to go to college you have to do this and they were just like Sal said in doctrine what this is the way right or the only way the only way right, right. is when they got out guess what happens they shut down learning they like are they're over it they 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 accomplished that goal in their mind they achieved their masters they achieved all this education so their desire to pick up a book and learn they don't have that anymore because they're like I did it I did that already. I proved that I can go through school for six mm-hmm. to eight years and accomplish this degree. And I'm pretty damn smart compared to the average person. And then they shut that down, which this is why a lot of, you know, my buddies that are the entrepreneurs, like the guys in this room and other buddies that I have you that could just call that PhD syndrome. Right. Yeah. And then they, they get that, that God complex yeah. and they don't feel that they got to keep evolving and growing. And now that we're in our mid thirties, approaching forties, even so most like Sal is that what's happening. <laughs> Mid, mid 40s. Just call me grape pubes. Silver. Well, what 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 you're seeing now is now Silver balls. these guys never stopped learning. They they had a they had a desire to learn on their own, and they established that at a young age. So here they are, 38 years old, still growing, still learning, still pushing those limits, still pushing themselves. 
where I have now friends that finally finished school at 25 or 26 after all those years of education and they shut it down. So they're no there. And it's like one of my favorite Lincoln quotes. I have no respect for a man that's no wiser today than he was yesterday is they've gone through this whole process of getting educated and they stop. Mm -hmm. And sure, they're still pretty educated compared to the average person because, hey, they went through, got their master's or however far they went. But then they're like, oh, I'm over it. Like, yeah. pick up a textbook, well, Ugh, pick me, up a book to learn. Ugh. They have to lean heavy on that, you know, information that they've learned. And then when it changes, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. dude. Now go, what? Go to school and get a tech degree. By the time you graduate, all the shit you learned the first year is, <laughs> yeah. is obsolete. Oh, horrible. It's worthless. You, you just, know? yeah, go go try and get in a company but I'll, and learn. I'll give you a good example. Let's say I go to school and I want to, I don't know, let's say I want a job that if I graduate, I'll probably make between sixty to $70,000 a year, which is more than the average. So it's a decent job. But in order to get that job, I need to get this four-year degree. And let's say I go to the best private college and that four-year degree costs me, I don't know, $80,000. I'm now $80,000 in the hole. I'm graduating and the I'm math making- doesn't even make sense. And I'm People making 60 that. grand a year. Or let's say I go into a vocational school and I have a passion to be a plumber, a mechanic, a carpenter, or let's say I become an entrepreneur. During that period of time, I'm not going in debt. I'm not making much in the beginning, but by the end of that four years, I may be at the same amount, if not more, except I'm not in debt anymore. In fact, this is becoming a problem with some some professions that you normally would think uh, you make a lot of money. You look at general practitioners, look at general practitioners in medicine. There's a, there is a going to be coming a shortage of general practitioners because it is not worth the $100,000 that they invest in school to graduate to make hundred grand a year. It doesn't add up anymore. And this is becoming a problem. So I think the market's going to start providing solutions. And again, look if you look at education, I don't think it's going to look anything like it looks like now 20 years from now. I mean, for fuck's sake, in the palm of my hand right now, I have access to all of recorded human history Right now, I can learn almost anything I want for free. The good, the bad, and the ugly. In my hand. Yeah. And so does, that's going to change things. It's already changing things. So I think in 20 years, I don't know, this conversation might be very different. Yeah. This Our is more f- of a porn box, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Thank that's you, Justin. That's for. Little Christy 22, I'm going to read hers verbatim. They say the only time you can gain muscle and lose fat at the same time or gain muscle at a higher rate is newbie gains or after a layoff. What about if you trained for years but didn't fuel your body, then you reverse dieted so your calories were at a maintenance slight surplus and started full body weight training? Do you think muscle gain will be similar to newbie gains or muscle gain and fat loss could happen? I don't don't know where to start. Well, there's a lot wrong with this question. Yeah, I don't know where to start with that. Uh, Can you gain muscle? Let's start with that one. Can you gain muscle and lose fat? Uh, after you're through the quote unquote new, you know, newbie gains. Yes, absolutely. you can. Absolutely. Yeah. If you send the right signals to your body, um, your body will burn muscle, uh, excuse me, burn body fat and build muscle. Of course, there are genetic limits. If mm-hmm. I've been lifting weights for- I think it's ten- increasingly harder to do. Too. Well, of course, if I've been lifting weights for 10 years and I've over the course of 10 years put on 15 pounds of lean body mass- mm. I can't just keep gaining muscle. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be a point where my body's going to kind of start to reach its limit. Well, right. explain why the, the two things that she says in there that when you're a newbie or you had a layoff and you come back, well, why do those people gain muscle? I mean, that's it's it's basically a new stimulus because it's a have- new stimulus and you're starting at such a such a, a shitty starting point. You're starting at such a low starting point. It's like if I lived in the basement, you know, for five years uh, and get no sunlight I'm going to be very, very, very pale, and any amount of sunlight is going to cause a dramatic change in my skin. And if I go and tan properly, I'm going to it's going to look dramatic within the first month. You know what I mean? From before and after, you're going to be like, "Holy shit, you look like a different person." But there's going to reach a certain point where I'm not going to be able to get any darker. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Yeah. So that's what the whole newbie gains uh, are all about. Well, then she says, "What about if you trained for years but didn't feel your body?" So in other words, you trained for a long time, you ate like shit, so you didn't eat the right way. Then you found out, oh, my God, I've been training so long. I have uh, been overtraining and under consuming. And so she had to do a reverse diet. So in other words, she slowly probably increased her calories to get her metabolism probably working better for her. Uh, And then so your calories were at a maintenance slight surplus and started full body weight training. Do you think the muscle gain will be similar to the newbie gains? So she's wanting us to compare somebody with a proper firing working metabolism and system 
to somebody who is brand new as far as new. absolutely the games can be the same. Absolutely. They could be totally different, too. You know, so there's so many other uh, I've seen some pretty remarkable transformations in people who I've who've hired me who worked out with the wrong exercise programming, had the wrong kind of diet, mm-hmm. either because they just were they just didn't know or because they followed some, you know, muscle building magazines advice or whatever and they did it for years. Then I switched them to proper programming and proper nutrition. Oh shit, night and day, man. Yeah. It's like boom, you know what I mean? It, within within a very short period of time they see Pretty dramatic results. Well, so. I'm gonna, I'm going to give a shout out to one of my my clients that I'm I'm currently coaching right now. She's been with me for I think about I want to say like six months, five or six months now, and she's a good example of what we're what we're talking about right now. So she, when I when she first hired me, she, and I love clients like this. I love taking somebody who understands training, works really hard, understands like what's good food, bad food for the for the for the most part. And it's just been stuck at a plateau forever. And now her body is responding better than it's ever responded. And we're doing less work. So her uh, Instagram handle is uh, Persian, uh, Persian firecracker. You can look her up and uh, I'm sure you could DM her and ask her some questions of what her journey's been like. But she's a perfect example of somebody who this is exactly what she's talking about, who uh, wasn't really eating properly. And then now that she's got her metabolism working correct and you got to remember, not only she got her food right, but then also she's trained. I have her on maps and she's training correctly too. So the combination of not eating correctly mm-hmm. and now eating right and then training correctly is giving her beyond newbie gains. Yeah. So this person who's been training, there is a formula to this. Yeah. So it's uh, that. And that's what I meant by absolutely. You can see as good, if not better gains than a newbie for the very first time, but then you could also not see as much and that right. should not be a indicator of you're doing something right or wrong because every case is different. But the, I feel like the the person or the example you're giving us, uh, the client that I'm talking about right now is a perfect example. So you can okay. look her up and kind of ask her some questions if you wanted to know what her well, journey is like. Well, I ha- so I have a cousin, uh, his name is Gabriel, uh, great muscle building genes. Like the kid just builds muscle very, very easily. And he followed a body part split for a long time and he built a lot of muscle following a body part split. Um, and what years, you know, years ago when I created maps, as I've been, I don't know, three years now, I told him, I said, listen, you need to try changing your programming to something like this. It's far more, it's far superior. And so we had a little debate about it. And, you know, because again, he's got great genes. He's like, no man, I build muscle gray. I don't, you know, it's not a big deal. I said, just give it a shot. He did. He switched. And within two months he gained, uh, about, about seven pounds of lean body mass, which is a lot of fucking muscle. Now, again, granted the guy's got ridiculous genes but all he did was train uh properly or to have the best type of program or better programming to send the right signals i think people don't realize that if you send the right signals for your body if you if you feed it properly it's far less arduous than it is when you don't it's it's not nearly as difficult it's not this crazy grind like they tell you it is in fact when your body's working for you you'll almost there'd be moments where you'll be in disbelief and say to yourself, wow, I feel like I'm not almost not working as hard. I mean, I can't tell you how many times, especially female clients I've had who just constantly overwork themselves in the gym and underfeed themselves. And after a period of three, four months, we get their metabolism humming again. And they're like, Sal, I can't believe it. I work out like one third the amount of time and I'm eating more food and I'm leaner than I've ever been. I feel like it's like I'm cheating. Like, like what's going on? I tell them, look, your body is working with you now. You're not, it's not fighting you. Um, and I think you know, you know, people need to understand that if you do the right things, mm-hmm. your body will change and respond and progress. If you're in a situation where you're busting your ass in the gym and you're barely feeding yourself and you're getting little to no results, examine what you're doing. It because the likely the likelihood that you're doing the wrong thing is very high. The likelihood is that your body you're fighting against your body. You're not sending the right signals and you're not feeding your body properly. Well, I I give the analogy of all these little things that we talk about. It's like you got it's like having a car and you're wanting to get more horsepower out of this car. And everybody wants to talk about putting a bigger block engine in it, right? That that's like the the obvious, but no one likes to talk about all the little things that play a huge role in how that car and how efficient that car runs, like the timing belt and you know how how the is it oiled up and are the the tires evenly matched and you know all these little things make a difference in how that car performs. 
but nobody really talks about the, the importance of all those little things. It's all put on the, you know, how big is the engine and how many, you know, how much horsepower are you supposed to have? Well, even though the timing isn't have like a, it doesn't exactly give you 15 more horsepower. If all that stuff is off, the you trying to get the maximum output on that car is less likely than if you have all those things uh, handled and, and smooth and running correctly. The same thing goes with your body's metabolism. When you're feeding it properly, you're resting properly, you're not, you know, overtraining it. All these things play a role in it's your results, whether it be building muscle or burning fat, it all works together. And the more of those things that you can get right and get healthy, the, the more optimal and the more ideal your body will run. Well, look That's here, a better you, analogy than mine. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, look here. I was you, trying to go with like screw in a hole <laughs> and it was a slightly bigger, you know, but then once you get the right screw and it screws in the hole right, feels right. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> look, <laughs> look, here, look here, you could have, like, like Adam's talking about cars, you could have a thousand horsepower car and put it on skinny racing bike tires. Yeah, right. And I can beat that with the 200 horsepower car exactly. with regular tires. And that's my point, is yeah. all those other little things play a big or role. Or you pre-thread the hole, and then you get like the right screw, and you put it in, it yeah, feels right. We'll just, we'll just stop right there. <laughs> Let's keep confusing people. Yeah. We'll, just, we'll just stop right there. At the end of the day, listen. Listen to your body. Send it the right signals. Get good exercise programming. MAPS is a great choice. Uh, for most people, it's going to be superior to what they're currently doing. Feed your body properly, and I promise you it won't be this crazy uphill struggle that a lot of you are feeling right now. Your body will work for you. Being healthy, lean, strong, and functional is much less work than you think. Look, if you like Mind Pump, listen, subscribe and to- you know you do. <laughs> Leave us a five-star rating review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. You can always follow me, Mind Pump Sal- at Mind Pump Sal. There you go. You can you find just, Justin yeah. at Mind Pump Justin. You can find Adam at you Mind follow Pump. follow Mind Pump Radio at Mind Pump Radio Very on good. Instagram. You can Very find good. Doug at Mind Pump Doug. That's so, so, so not good. Yeah. <laughs> go do it. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.